It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the weekly potpourri edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Roaring. Each week, we talk about sports topics of local interest, some national sports topics, if it piques our interest. Uh, of course, we've got a gambling segment. We've got to review the uh, the Super Bowl in which we had some props that we played and and how we played the game. And we've got to finally we're going to get to some college basketball uh, wagering the, the, uh, for this coming weekend, as long as games are going to be played. And our favorite segment of the show, at least mine, Ask Me, Ask Skinny Anything, although Rick, Rick opines on, on his as well. Uh, first, how was your Super Sunday? And did you eat too much like mo- most everybody did? And did you stay true to what you talked about you were going to eat? No, I did not stay true to what I said I was going to eat. We got carry out around like 4 p.m. because the, I got back at like 3 a.m. from Milwaukee that right. night. Plus, I had to work overnight after that's the a, Super Bowl. And that's quite a drive, by the way. It, well, it's really quite a drive when you're in a snowstorm and you uh, sit in point. two hours of standstill traffic outside Chicago. So, yeah, I don't want to get into all that. But, yeah, <laughs> it was an eventful ride home. I got home middle of the night. I had to work overnight after the Super Bowl. So I slept in most of the day on Sunday. And then we went out to eat. Like, I woke up at a bad time and then starving. So we went and got like a early meal right before the Super Bowl. Didn't eat anything during it, but yeah, but I, I did. It. I did terrible. I got killed on all my bets. Didn't see it coming at all. And we and we will talk about that in our gambling segment yes, upcoming. But yes, indeed. So all right, we got a uh, we got a chunk to get to uh, th- this week as uh, we meander our way through a kind of a, a dull February with not knowing when college basketball teams of local interest will play, and uh, those Kentucky fans keep watching their team lose. So uh, let's have at it. We will talk a little bit about that Super Bowl game, but uh, it's it's been a few days, so we'll start off with some more pressing news. It starts with the Bengals have taken a lot of heat over the years for the poor job they do of honoring the franchise's great players, but it appears the team might be finally doing something about that. There was a photo circulated on social media on Wednesday that showed what appeared to be placeholders for a few of the team's all-time greats' names lining the walls of Paul Brown Stadium, Munoz, Anderson, and Crumry. The team deleted the tweet after fans zoomed in on it and pointed out the presumed beginnings of the Bengals' ring of honor. Skinny, do you think the Bengals are starting a ring of honor, and what are your thoughts on them finally getting around to doing so, if, if you think that? Well, the thing is, I mean, is this completely reactionary to the NFL snubbing of of Ken Riley passing when they did, did um, their their celebration of of kind of the players on Super Bowl weekend and talked about guys who passed in 2020 and completely overlooked the great Ken Riley? He was not some schlub, some some nobody. Um, he's a guy that, as you know, on this podcast, I've stumped for the Hall of Fame for. Um, he's the fifth all time leading interceptor in league history. I think he at least deserves note. But the backlash has come more at the Bengals, at least locally, of, well, you kind of brought this on yourselves because you don't even have a ring of honor to honor him, get his name out there, have people talk about him, you know, showing, you know, during national games, perhaps they flip to the ring of honor and somebody brings up Ken Riley's name. So shame on you. Um, I, 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 I would hope it's not reactionary to that. Um, I, I'm on two camps of this. A, they absolutely should have one. But, you know, if that's the case, what, what's taken so long? I mean, there's been no I've been in conversations with Mike Brown about this, and he never gives any great, great answer about why they don't have one other than we don't tread on nostalgia. What does that even mean? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? What, why would you not want to honor your team's history in some way, shape or form? It's just moronic to me. And, and so here's another example of why this is such a poorly run, poorly done franchise in every way, shape or form. Anytime they do something that finally fans have clamored for, whether it's get rid of Marvin Lewis, um, bring in something different. 
it's so reactionary that it's almost like, okay, well, are you taking your cue from us or, or how about you just get people in place that know what the heck they're doing to run an NFL franchise? It, it honestly feels like old cat has, has inherited dad's plumbing business. Doesn't know a damn thing about it has brought all the family in and goes, let's go be plumbers. And, and you're guaranteed money somehow. Somehow some people have kept you on retainer all these years. Let's go. I mean, oh my, I, what is taking so long? And so the sad part is to me, look, it's never too late. I will tell you that it's never too late to do something like this. But it's too late for Ken Riley to honor him. Um, and, and shame on you. Shame on you for taking so long to not have that man at least enjoy that moment with it, with it being in the ring of honor and maybe it being a way to spur conversation where people you know talk about him on a national broadcast, etc. And when it comes time to talk about him for the Hall of Fame, people go, Hey, that guy was pretty good, wasn't he? And damn, you know what? Maybe he should be under more consideration for the Hall of Fame. So shame on you, Mike Brown and family. Shame that it's taken this damn long, if you're still going to do it. I mean, I don't know if this was more just to tease this, to tease us and mess with us. I don't think it was. I, I do think something's in the works. I think something's been in the works. I, I know there have been some people that have been pushing for it in the organization, and maybe they finally got their way. But what the hell? I mean, Rick, this conversation's gone on for two decades, man. I mean, well, what, how hard is it? How well, hard is it to put some names up on your board with the years they played and then add to it every two years? That That's the one thing I will push back on a little bit of the notion that it's reactionary and it's just a result of the Ken Riley stuff because everybody's been asking for this for a long time. There have been multiple opportunities to do it. They just did that uh, Bengals 50 or was it Bengals 100? Or what, what, no, Bengals 50, 50? Yeah, top 50 for the 50th anniversary. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. So they did the, the Bengals top 50 players of all time for their 50th anniversary, that would have been the perfect time to do it. You know, I mean, and they didn't do it then. Perfect. So I, I don't so I don't know that this is necessarily reactionary to the Ken Riley news. I would have assumed if they're doing something like this and it was up this soon with like those placeholders that they had already started something I don't before know, that play, happened. Uh, look, this was on a Wednesday. The, 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 the NFL botched this over the weekend. It wouldn't take you very long to to go find placeholders to put there and, and put I, it could take you probably a day or two to print it off and. That's where, to me, I just wonder if it finally hit home of, oh, crap, this, this, this really, it, it, we, we've got to do something here. This, we, we screwed this up. But, okay. well, again, I, I, I get it. That's why I'm in the camp of good for you for finally rectifying it, but damn shame on you for taking so long. I know some people are also tying it into, and maybe it is, they're getting the new uniforms in the spring. It's the 40th anniversary of the first Super Bowl team, so here we are on another kind of a, uh, yeah. I don't know why every anniversary has to land on a zero or a five or whatever to make it significant, but here we are in the, the 40th anniversary of the, of the 81 Super Bowl team. So maybe that's the line of demarcation, but then wh why so secret once the, once it's out of the bag and I've reached out to, for comment uh, before we did this podcast early this morning, I've got nothing back from the Bengals on it. Look, if it got out there by accident now at this point, how about take the groundswell and go, yep, that's what we're planning. Um, and you saw a couple of names and those are certainly obvious names that, that should be up there. We can't wait in, in, you know, our first game to the first home game to, to honor the class of 10 or eight or six, whatever the class, maybe it's five. I don't know, whatever the class is. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just so ridiculous that it's taking this long. It's just not, it's just not hard. We're not asking you to split the atom and, and, and solve nuclear physics here. We're asking you to put maybe 10 names of people who've meant a significant amount to your franchise, which is now 50 plus years old up on a damn board. It ain't hard. So that was why I had a problem with the Bengals chirping the NFL on Twitter and saying, oh, we were 
saddened or disappointed in the NFL for not honoring, not including Ken Riley in their memorial piece during the Super Bowl. Like, if you're not going to honor your own players and you're right. not going to make it important enough to have a ring of honor, a Hall of Fame, what have you, to, to honor those guys, then how can you chirp the NFL for not remembering them? Like, don't Correct. get me wrong. It's a major miss on the NFL, and someone should definitely call them out on it. I just don't think the Bengals should be the one calling attention to things like that when they are as bad as it gets at honoring their all-time greats. So, and, and that, yeah, and I mean, and that's why it honestly feels like they woke up, they came into a meeting on Monday and went, hey, you know what? Yeah, the NFL screwed up, but we've really screwed this up. And, and let's not let Anthony Munoz pass or Ken Anderson pass or the next great player in our team history pass without honoring them in some well, way. Shape, well, honestly, let's just do it. And, and there may be some people in the organization that 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 uh, especially higher ups. And I know there's at least one that's actually been clamoring for this. And maybe it's got to the point where they finally said, listen, Mike, man, I know you don't want this. You don't you don't uh, you don't uh, you know trade on nostalgia. Uh, but hey, the NFL missed on Kenny. We've missed on Kenny. Let's not miss on the next guy. Let's get this done. You know, if that's how it happened, honestly, good for them. Good for them for shame finally coming on to him. With shame on him. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's terrible that it took this long, but really, if they had that realization all of a sudden, I'm glad it finally happened. I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it, yes, it took too long. Yes. They're terrible at running a franchise, but at the end of the day, if they are getting around to finally putting in a ring of honor, it is the right move. I will say the whole situation with like the PR release stuff is so funny to me. Like you put out this photo, I'm assuming accidentally it gets this buzz, which is honestly, I'm assuming, but I don't, I'm not, I don't assume anything with social media anymore. Well, Hey, if it was on purpose, then honestly, it's smart because that's what I was going to say. You did a great job of getting a buzz going on. Now people are like, Oh, is it happening? Is it not? It's creating a little mystique around it. It's being talked about. If you drop a release today with like a nice little social media video or something to go with it, it'd be a great, way to release it and build a little buzz around it. My guess is they're not going to do that because they're going to be a PR team. And they're like, we weren't ready to release that. So they delete the tweet and now they're going to just hold off and they're going to make some weird announcement at a press conference. And it's going to be lame and you're going to get no real buzz around it. But right now, like, I think this is actually kind of a, an okay way for this to come out with the, the mystique of the tweet that people are like, questioning right now if you just drop something today or tomorrow with a nice little video piece on your social media feeds i think people would be all for this and it would be a a good pr move but i'm guessing that's i i know i i know this wasn't a topic that we were going to discuss but it's along those lines um do you want to quickly hash out a top 10 of of who would go on there if you did 10 well yeah i I was i was just going to ask you how many players should be in the first one i I guess you're saying 10 you think does 10 does does 10 sound like a good number to you i was well i mean i guess because you've waited this long maybe at this point you should go 10 i would have thought maybe fewer than that but if yeah if you're starting at this late well okay i mean as as i do this i can rank them as, as we go to be quite frank um for sure paul brown goes up there i mean he has to be part of the ring of honor you would think, yes. Yes. Now, then I get to, to two other Super Bowl coaches. Do you put both those Super Bowl coaches in the first ring of honor? Sam Weiss, Forrest Gregg. That's a good question. Where Where are you at on that? You, that's more I'm, your era I'm, than mine. I, I'm saying yes, believe it or not. I mean, two Super Bowl Two coaches. Super Bowls, yeah. Like, what else does this franchise have? Yep. All right, for sure your Hall of Famer, Anthony Munoz. Of course. For sure a guy who probably is, who should be in the Hall of Fame, Ken Anderson. Yes. Now I'm at five. Um, 
the original Bengal, the first round, the first ever Bengals draft pick and starting center for 10 years, Bob Johnson. Um, and then you get into so, so the, the areas of, of, so where do we go? Do we tread on nostalgia where I go arguably the best defensive tackle of his generation that nobody will ever remember Mike Reed, um, who ended up retiring quite early in his career to go do a, a, a career in music in Nashville, where he became a multiple Grammy winning songwriter. Uh, Mike Reed was per Mike Reed once had five sacks in a game. I mean, it's pretty damn good to be quite frank. Um, do I go back to, to arguably the greatest cornerback in Bengals history? Probably even better than Ken Riley, to be quite frank, Lamar Parrish. Um, then we get to some newer guys, Corey Dillon, Chad, Carl Pickens, Carson. Um, no, no, Isaac I, Curtis or Chris Collinsworth? Yeah, I mean, Isaac Curtis. I, yeah, I don't know if Chris, I don't, Chris Collinsworth would probably be on the outside of my first 10, to be honest with you. Um, where, yeah, Isaac Curtis, Isaac Curtis, great point. Yeah. I've got another name for you that I'm curious about where you come out on. Where's Boomer ranking all this? It's a good question too. Um, I'm not as high on Boomer as most, but I would say he was an NFL MVP. He did lead you to a Super Bowl, much like Ken Anderson. Then I think, yeah, Boomer's probably in that first ten. I mean, we've already got a pretty good list of guys we're 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 going to have to cut down from, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, to to me, among the the more contemporary players that are from my era, Chad Johnson is a no doubter. He's has to I think be. that's probably right. Yeah, I think that's probably it's not right. even close. Um, I think Corey Dillon probably goes in. Yeah, I brought him up. Yeah, I I, I think Corey Dillon's a Hall of Famer, to be honest with you. Um, Willie Anderson has to be in. Good call. Yeah, great call. The uh, I don't know if you wait a little bit longer on this one since he's still playing, but I would think Whitworth is probably in the running. Now. Yeah, I, I think you don't do anybody till they retire. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. I, there, there's there's got to be a little but just more looking, to him. I'm just trying to think of like the the more modern players that have played. Well, I, I, AJ Gino. I mean, well, that's I was just gonna say AJ is probably going to be there. What do you think Gino gets in? Oh, absolutely. Long-term? Okay. I, I I thought I thought as recently as two years ago that Gino was still trending towards being a Hall of Famer um, NFL wise, and that's kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit. But Ring of Honor good for his team. Absolutely, absolutely. First first year, whatever whatever you deem eligibility, uh, three years past retirement, five years, whatever you come to the determination, he's automatically at that point for me. Okay, so let's let's narrow this. What, what do you think? Five or ten that we should narrow it down to here. Probably 10 okay. just because you've waited this long to do it. So here we go. Paul Brown, for sure. That's a no-brainer. Guaranteed. I'm putting both coaches in, both Super okay. Bowl. I'm putting so Forrest and Sam Weiss both in. Anthony Munoz is a clear-cut one to me. Um, he's the only Hall of Famer in, in team history, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Bob Johnson, he's known as Mr. Bengal for a reason because he was the first-ever draft pick and, and started for 10 years. So that, that's five. where they started the franchise. Um, Kenny Anderson is six. I think because we feel this is reactionary, Ken Riley makes seven. I'm kind of with you that Chad is a no-brainer. We're up to eight. I think if you go by kind of the Super Bowl measuring stick and he was an MVP in the league and the Bengals haven't had too many of those, and I'm not a huge fan. I think I think fans have overrated this guy his whole career. If you look back at his career as a Bengal, he was really good, but I still, I for in fairness sake, he led him to a Super Bowl and was an MVP. Boomer's in there. So what are we at? Nine, nine, man. I, I'm, I'm probably going Lamar Parrish over Corey Dillon. Cause I've made the case when I've got, when I've done my top five Bengals who should be in the hall of fame, I've got Lamar Parrish ranked ahead of Corey Dillon. And I've got Corey in that group that I would push for the hall of fame. Lamar. I, I'd invite anybody to go back and look at Lamar Parrish's career. Not only was it, was he a great cornerback? 
Um, but he was a dynamic return man. I think he scored, I want to say, is it seven or 12? I always forget my number wrong. 12 non, 12 non, uh, non-offensive touchdowns. He scored, I know he scored on a block kick return in his day, a kickoff return, I believe four punt returns, a couple of interception returns, and a couple of fumble returns. That's, that's a pretty dynamic player, right? It is. And I, and I skipped Willie. So, I mean, so I got to get Willie say, in there. I think Holy I might get Willie ahead of those two guys. Man. So, yeah, I mean, but there were, that's a pretty good list right there. I think we've kind of narrowed it down to the main guys that I would see in. There's maybe two to three guys that you can argue for. But. And, and, then I, and I think every, what, couple of years you add another name or two? Yeah, I don't know how that voting process goes, but I imagine you, you bring well, in classes Reds, of two the, or three at a time. Yeah, the Reds have figured it out. They've got their Hall of Fame. I mean, they've, they've figured that out. What do so, they do it every couple of years? I think so. Okay. Yeah, however, you, and that's a, yeah, however you determine that, but but let people know how it's going to be determined. Yeah, and I just don't like I said. I go back to why has it been this hard? Why why have people begged for this and you just turn a deaf ear to them? Well, hopefully we are finally getting things on the right track. All right, let's switch it up to Reds GM Nick Crawl spoke with the media ahead of spring training on Monday. There wasn't a whole lot to take away from discussions, but one thing that did seem clear. Kyle Farmer appears to be this team's plan at shortstop, said Crawl, quote, Kyle Farmer was a solid shortstop. He did a good job, especially hitting left-handed pitching last year. Kyle Holder's a guy who left-handed hitter, plays good defense. I think we're going to do what we can with that group, and they're going to compete for that spot, and that's who we have right now. I do believe in those guys. Jose Garcia's got a lot of tools and really can make a difference. It's just making sure he puts everything together and becomes the player he needs to be. So, Skinny, I'll ask you, what did you make of Nick Kroll's comments about the shortstop position and the rest of the team's roster? About the shortstop position? Let me, let me go with that one first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, have you heard this guy talk, by the way? I have. Oh. What are you? <laughs> oh. What is your take on that? Oh, Mr. Say Nothing guy. He's a, uh, a word salad uh, cliche. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're always looking to add pieces to our roster. We're always looking to get better. Well, really? No kidding, Jones. Huh? Isn't that crazy? Oh, we're always looking to try to improve our roster. Um, you know, uh, uh, well, again, clown show. So, uh, so should we not take him at his word when he? No, I, th- I think or, we do sadly okay. take him at his word. Um, I'm still holding out hope for the for the trade with the the Indians, but that seems to have cooled significantly. I was not big on the whole Jonathan VR thing over the weekend. I mean, he's not really a true shortstop. Um, he's he's probably better served being a second baseman. And I look at his numbers, and it doesn't doesn't wow me. But I, I think this hits the Reds in multiple ways. If Kyle Farmer's your everyday shortstop, I mean, you're now looking at a bot, and especially now if there's no DH, which I you and I. I, I know we differ on our opinion of, of how the league should be, but I'm in that camp. And I, I'm sure you are. I'm still surprised that, that the players association has not pushed the NL at the NL to make it universal. Right. I mean, it's shocking seems, to me. It, it is. It, it, it is completely shocking to me, but you talk about affecting the reds because here's what happens. Now you're going to have honestly three potential outs at the bottom of your lineup. Farmer bar farmer. Bar, one of those two guys has got to hit seventh. And maybe, and I will say, I, and I got to use the caveat of maybe Tyler Stevenson is so good offensively that all Tucker Barnhart becomes is a two day a week starting catcher and a late in defensive replacement, right? And if that's the case, if Tyler Stevenson's banging out 25 homers batting seventh, then okay, then game on. And that's fine. Then I guess you can carry the Kyle Farmer, Alex Blandino bat eighth. But in theory, because we don't know about Tyler Stevenson yet, um, Tucker Barnhart is your starting catcher. 
And so your bottom of your lineup really is going to have three fairly automatic outs in it. The DH would have softened that a little bit. Um, the other part to no DH, it means guess where Jesse Winker has to do? You got to play the field. Ugh. Not ideal. Not ideal. And now you also have the glut of outfielders. And I know I'm going to, you're going to, you, 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 will you please do this for me? The, the first time you see this quote, jot it down and let me see when, when we, we have to bring it up of, uh, you know, you got a glut of outfielders. How are you going to make it work? It always works itself out. Okay. Well, let's see if it does. I mean, you know, I, I want to see Shogo Akayama get, get more at bats. I think, you know, you didn't sign him to, to putter around with it. Castellanos is going to play every day. Winker's going to play every day. Where does Senzel play now? Is he the center fielder? Is it a platoon? Um, yeah, it's just, it, it feels like the, 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 that the no DH and now the, the lack of bat at shortstop has put you in a weird spot. And while I'm still more bullish on this team than most, I still think it has enough to compete for the central, you know, then you look and see what the Cardinals did and went and got Nolan Arenado. And that's just, that's as proven a bat as you can get to plug into your lineup. And he's great defensively. And he adds a lot of things in that regard. Um, you know, it, it now it feels like, okay, you're going to be treading to get to 83, 84 wins if you're lucky. I know Pakoda just came out with, with their um, their win totals for each team this year, and it's a predictive algorithm. It's not etched in stone, obviously. If it was, we'd just take their numbers and run with it. But it's got the Reds projected for 79 wins. I, I do think they're a better team than that. But, um, you know, I, I, I just – I can't believe you you are really not going to address the shortstop spot. I can't believe it, but it feels like – I mean, we're five days, six days, seven days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. That doesn't mean you're done doing anything. Plenty of moves have been made during spring training and before a season starts, but uh, I, I can't go into a season with that, that at the bottom of the lineup and have much hope you're going to score runs because then suddenly you're counting on Joey Votto producing at a Joey Votto level. You're counting on Suarez having not just a bounce-back year – but a huge bounce back year. You're counting on Mustakas not being a 210 hitter striking out every third plate appearance. Counting on a lot of things there, man. That, that, that's a lot. I mean, it is. Like the, the thing about standing pat and and that whole side of it is just that you are we were in a position this offseason to to be right there, to to be at the top again. And it felt like this team, as you mentioned, with it, not to act like they have an embarrassment of riches in the outfield. They 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 felt like they were built to use the DH. That right. seemed last year's setup seemed perfect for this team. Now you're going back to this year. Nothing got better. You in fact you lost some guys. You know you add D Gordon and Kyle Holder to the mix as like guys that you're actually going to take serious as competing for your starting jobs. This he year. is he is D Strange Gordon. In case you're wondering. Yeah, D Strange Gordon. That's right. Um, and so it's like, I mean, that that's the frustrating part of it all. And I, I tr- I'm trying not to be too negative because it feels like everyone's just saying the same things over and over about the Reds and we're not even to spring training. And and that's jaded. It's not a fun way to to head into the season. But like if you're a fan, I get it. It's really hard right now to be watching this team just do absolutely nothing during an offseason in which you're right there and you have that chance to make a move in your division and, and and make a real run at this thing. And it just seems like the reds, you know, have, have themselves in a spot where they either feel like they can do nothing or even worse. They don't really care to try harder. Yeah. And and, you know, I know people don't want to hear the whole finances of it, but, but I'm going to respect that part of it that I get 
that that some of this is financially related, and that's where I didn't expect them to sign Marcus Semien. I didn't expect them to pay Anderson Simmons ten mil. Um, I didn't expect them to to try to trade for Francisco Lindor. When you're talking about, as we talked about last week, about you know trading trading for for Ahmed Rosario, you're not talking about a guy that's going to break the bank. And, and maybe that maybe again, I, I I say this with a caveat. Maybe there are still talks in the process. Maybe literally the the Indians have said. We want Nick Senzel in a prospect, and, and that's our final offer. And if you don't want to do that, then then move on. And maybe the Reds are bought. I, again, there's a lot of things that can hold up stuff like this until, you know, all of a sudden maybe it comes to fruition. But, yeah, I, I'm i still of the yoke that I feel good that they didn't tear it down because – and that's where they're in a weird spot because if you thought you're a piece away, and maybe they're more than a piece away, but you certainly needed to improve at shortstop. All right, and you're already paying these other guys, right? At, at, at that point, either tear it down again or add that one more piece, bite the bullet, take it at a financial loss and see where you go from there. And there's nothing that says, and I've said this to you, come come late July, if things aren't going well, you've got some sellable pieces. Go ahead and do it at that. I'm fine with that at that point. But when you're kind of, and this is where it feels like, it feels like you're kind of a toe in. Oh, it's a little hot. I'm going to take my toe out. I'm going to put my toe back in. Oh, too hot. I'm going to take my toe back out. It feels that way. And you I think that's the right. I think being in the middle is the worst place to be. I think either you're in or you're out in the middle sucks. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's the absolute worst. It's being totally uninteresting that I'm, I'm most afraid of and the mediocrity because it, that's the hardest thing to watch. If you, it feels like you have no plan. And I know, look, the discernible people that, that are super analytical about all this, they're, they're going to tell you, Oh, you can't make stupid decisions. You can't tie up money. All this. Look, I, don't want to hear about need to be smart with money anymore with when it comes to these these franchises, okay? Because year after year, we're constantly talking about the same things. Their issue is they're not well-run franchises. That's why we always have to talk about them not making bad decisions with their money or not having right. enough money to make these decisions. So quit telling me about that because at this point, we're coming at it from a fan standpoint of we just want to see some results at some point. So quit telling me about how they need to be smart with their money because that's their problem. And they haven't been able to figure that out. So if they have a chance to make a run at this thing, I'm with you. Go bite the bullet and spend the money you need to spend, even if it puts you in in a bad spot. And if you have to make decisions to to get out of that situation you've put yourself in by spending too much, then so be it. But like I'm tired of hearing about making smart financial decisions when it comes to the reds or the Bengals or what have you like, just, just go get results at this point, or at least don't tell us that you don't have the money to do it, or you've got to make sound financial decisions. I'm going to bring championship baseball back to Cincinnati. Shut up, Mm. man. Yeah. Great stuff, Nick. All right. Skinny. I've, this is a little more national topic, but we can bring it back to the Bengals. I think here, and we're going back to the NFL for this one. Russell Wilson appeared on the Dan Patrick show on Tuesday morning. He had a telling comment about his role in the franchise with the Seahawks. He said, quote, I want to be involved at the end of the day. It's your legacy, your team's legacy. It helps to be involved more. That dialogue should happen more often. Wilson told Patrick Wilson's comments came on the heels of Deshaun Watson's spat with the Houston Texans, where he said he was promised more say in the team's decisions only to not be consulted when they hired a new GM skinny. I want to know what do you make of star players asking for more say in team decisions? And what do you think that means for the Bengals and Joe Burrow? All right, let, let, let me, let me I'll, I'll tack the Joe Burrow part of that second. I, I'm just a big believer. Honestly, they're paying you to play. Just go shut up and play. 
Um, and I am a big believer in that. You know what? You play. We'll try to get the players to help you. Um, I, you want to voice your opinion. That's fine. But your opinion, I, you know, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because um, I have a lot of other factors as a GM that I have to factor into to, to adding pieces to the puzzle that you don't even know about. And I'm not going to bore you with as a player. Now, that uh, said, on, can, me, I, can I, I, I ask I, you I, something about that, though? Yes. Yes. It, it, you would agree that the key to winning a Super Bowl more than probably anything is a quarterback, right? No question. So like, even if you want to say you have to have a GM in place to get the right quarterback and, and scout the right quarterback, and you have to have an owner that's willing to go spend and, and give you the green light. Okay. So maybe the quarterback is the third most important piece to winning a Super Bowl at worst, at absolute worst. He's the third most important piece. You don't think the third most important piece of any business or situation should be at least consulted in important I, decisions. I, I don't. I think players should play, and and those making decisions should make decisions. I think. Listen, I I I would even have an open door. Paul, listen to you, but don't make demands of me. I, I'm. I've got other factors. I've got to factor in. I've got other contracts that you don't know about that are maybe coming up where I can't afford to get the guy you want. It doesn't work financially to get the guy you want. We don't think he's a good fit. We've done backgrounds on the guy. We don't like. I mean, there's a lot of things involved, and the player doesn't know that. All the player knows is I think this dude can ball. Go get him. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work that way. Now, hear me out on this. I will say there is no question. There is no question that 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 it, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay brought Gronk. He lobbied for Leonard Fournette. He lobbied hard for Antonio Brown. And if you look back, Gronk scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Leonard Fournette scored one. Antonio Brown scored one. They scored all four of their touchdowns in the Super Bowl, all because Tom Brady wanted them there. So I get that. Now, Tom Brady's got a ton of cachet, a ton. Russell Wilson has at least some because, <coughs> excuse me, he's won a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson, you ain't got none, none. You know what? I until Get your team to a Super Bowl and then come talk to me. You had a great chance two years ago and you didn't. You're up whatever big it was and you didn't. So I'm sorry, you got no cachet in this yet, man. Well, I guess the, the, the point to me would be whether you agree with it or not, these guys can hold you hostage at the end of the day. We've seen that with contract situations in the past. Heck, we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson right now, where he's basically going to force his way out of the Texans from what it seems like. Yeah, so, maybe not. I, if I'm the Texans, I go to some point and go, listen, either you want to play and, and we'll pay you handsomely or you won't get paid and you can sit and pout all you want. At some point, it becomes a grudge match. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, that was the uh, Mike Brown, Carson Palmer spat yeah. that we saw. But I mean, yeah. no one really ends up winning in that deal. Certainly not the team. And uh, the Texans won't win if they end up having to just get rid of Deshaun Watson at a highly reduced price after he sits out for a while. So I, I mean, th these guys do hold a lot of chips and they have a lot of power here. So to a certain extent, you either end up in a really bad spot where you're in a public fight with your franchise player that everyone loves and you look like the bad guy and you're starting over looking for a new franchise quarterback because he's upset with you or you are you know, asking for his opinion and consulting him. And I don't know that these guys, I guess you have to decide whether you're taking these guys at their word or not. Do you believe them when they say they just want to be consulted or do you think what, that they're actually doing what you're saying, which is making demands and saying you have to get the guys that I want to get or. Uh, hey, I, I, and I don't know. I, about yeah. That, that's a, and that's a good question. I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson definitively wanted to be consulted on the head coach. So do we go that, that next degree? And, and we've talked about that and you want to tie and it back GM. to Joe Burrow. 
and you want to tie it back to Joe Burrow, and that's great. Because I made the point of, you know, we all wanted Zach Taylor gone, and we probably will do that very quickly into the 2021 season. But I made the point of, well, what if Joe Burrow is told management, hey, I like this guy. I want this guy. Um, I think as management, you go, no, we're, we're the adults in the room. We'll make the adult decision. We appreciate your – and again – Inputs one thing. It doesn't mean you have to give into it every single time. And it may be the player gives you a great idea of somebody of, hey, I think I can talk Fred into coming here. Um, how about we, we try that? And you go, oh, okay. I know you got a relationship with him. We like him. I don't know if we can pay what he wants, but if you can talk to him about making it work financially, okay, maybe we can do that. And that's, that's where Brady, I mean, Brady, for whatever reason, he saw something in Leonard Fournette, um, kind of off the street pickup. He, Listen, I think Antonio Brown's just a, a a punk, but he saw enough that it was the talent of Antonio Brown to add to the mix can make us maybe a, a better offense. Certainly he and Gronk had a relationship and there's no question. I mean, he was an integral part in those three guys coming to Tampa. Um, and I'm sure it was, I don't know if it was demands, but I'm sure he very forcefully talked about wanting those guys there. And you can remember, remember the storyline and I was part of, I mean, when, when they were struggling mid season and AB was there, I made the point of, well, that was just a risky move just because you got to kind of get him up to speed. He's a lightning rod. Uh, this can disintegrate. And it went the exact opposite way from the point of seven and five. They didn't lose again. Um, and, and again, you know, like I said, Brady's got a little more cachet than most, but I just think you start giving into every demand of a player from, I want to be consulted on coach and GM. No, I, I don't think that, I don't think that's what we're talking about. And then now maybe that's what it gets to. And you run the risk of that when you start giving in to, to certain things, then, you know, you, you give an inch, they take a mile type situation where maybe it will turn into, they just start making demands or they're out. And let's be honest. I don't know that you can stop them from doing that anyway. I mean, maybe we, we've yeah, seen maybe. a lot in the NBA where guys yeah. just won't honor their contracts when they decide they want to go play with a new super team or whatever that, I mean, James just, Harden pulled it off. Right. I mean, and he's not the only one. There's no, no, been right, tons of right. them over the no, last right. five years where guys just get out of huge contracts and and leave teams up and dry because they decide they want a new situation. And, and so. listen, I, I would say even as a, as, as a coach or an organization, I, I think if you don't listen to your stars about certain things, you're stupid. I mean, like I said, I'd have an open door policy of you want to come in and talk. Let's talk. It doesn't mean I'm taking your um, your demand or your um, your ask um and and definitively doing it but hey maybe you'll pique my interest i mean i know as a coach there's times i'll look and go hey you guys want to do this you want to do that and just let them take a little ownership of it and maybe maybe that's the part of it maybe you, you put it back on him okay this is this you've wanted the guys you wanted this and this i'm going to get it to you but if it disintegrates i'm going to hold you accountable publicly for it yeah but i mean that does you know i mean what's what good does that do like I don't if know you're, I, if you're the GM I, and you're calling the guy out like that's and not, this is why I, that's and not going to help you when you're all, losing all your of job. all of this is why, honestly, I literally hate pro sports and I hate everything about every function of pro sports from the NBA to the NFL to MLB. I just hate it. It's just no fun anymore. It really it's just no fun anymore. It's just a bunch of rich guys but, making demands and bitching and being prima donnas. And I've just about had it. Well, it, <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm about. We need, honestly, we need a, a theme I, 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 music for Skinny's old man I, moment. I, of the podcast I can honestly right barely there. watch this stuff anymore. I can barely watch it. I, it is. I will give you that the whole people just up and leaving their contracts constantly is a frustrating aspect of this. Well, let me go. Let me kind of tie. And in then you our, keep asking your fan base to buy in, whatever the fan base is. At some point, I'm telling you, you are going to alienate a fan base in just about every sport there is to the point where you're going to look around going, how are we going to pay these dudes? Because ain't nobody coming, nobody watching. 
let me tie in our last two conversations though together here. We go back to you go with the Reds and how much they've struggled from a GM standpoint and putting the right guys in the right places and making sound financial decisions. If you're a star player on a team like that, are you really supposed to trust an incompetent franchise? If you're Deshaun Watson and you've watched your franchise disintegrate around you when you had a chance to to make a run a few years ago and now you're at the bottom of the NFL all of a sudden despite you being at the height of your powers and still playing really well should you really trust these guys to do the right things or should you say hey why don't you take my word for some of this stuff because you're sure as hell not getting it right right now I think there's a reasonable a middle ground here where you should be consulted. If you are one of the most important pieces of getting your team to a championship, which undoubtedly the high priced quarterbacks are the elite quarterbacks are, I think everyone would agree Deshaun Watson is in that group right now. I think he deserves a say. And, and the thing is good leadership will nip this in the bud. If people feel valued and they, well, they, they, they've kind they kind of had, they've gotten, they've swept everybody out in that organization. Well, but trying, I mean, that, trying that to appease him. That doesn't mean you have good leadership, him. though. That means you have weak leadership if you are just trying to clear how. Like, you had a bad locker room there or a bad leader. Dude, they just had their president of 20 years resign. They've changed GMs. They've changed head coaches. They've, 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 they've done a bunch of, bunch of that stuff to clean house. I'm not talking about player clean house. I'm talking about the, the Texans oh, clean house. I know. I'm saying that that doesn't mean you had good leadership, though. And it just doesn't mean just because you got new leadership in that they're good either. That's that's the thing. I think when you have good leadership, but, but when you start place, get, but you when players have these issues, but when players start getting consulted on on coach and GM, that is a total slippery slope because then, I man, I disagree. It, look, I would want Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow should have input on the next Bengals head coach. If it's not going to be Zach Taylor, I want him to at least feel like he has a chance and it, the guy is going to put him in the best position to succeed. If they're butting heads from the get go, okay, but what, okay, what if be good? All right. Two and five, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow still believes in him. Well, like you said, then you're, then you're the adult in the room and you say, Hey, I appreciate you giving it the best best try. We're gonna get go get you a real coach. This guy isn't it. Well, then you know what? I'm playing out my contract. I don't care who you bring in. I, I I'm not gonna play hard for this guy. I'll just I'll play out my contract. Yeah. Well, that's like you said. I mean, there's there is a certain point here, right? I mean, there there's I said there's a middle ground. I'm not one way or the other, but you do give them a say. I mean, you do talk to them. I don't think it's unreasonable. I, I told for you them give to them a, like you give them a say, but I'm I, but anybody making demands of I want to be have input on the coach and the GM. Yeah, I think we I, I'll, 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 I'll hear you there, but I'm still making the decision. And if you don't like it, keep pouting and be a big baby. Yeah, you, you should make the decision. But again, I don't think they pout and be a big baby if they truly feel like they're being valued and you have good leadership in place. Now, there are idiots out here, but I don't think a lot of the idiots are usually your franchise quarterbacks. That hasn't typically been the case. Usually those guys seem fairly level-headed, reasonable human beings, maybe have a, an idea or two of what it takes to lead themselves. So I, I, I when you're talking, we're, we're not getting this from running backs or wide receivers. We're not getting this from left tackles. We're not getting this from linebackers or safeties. You know, it's not anyone in the NFL. We're talking about franchise quarterbacks that ha- hold this power and that are pulling this card. And I think, they're the ones with the power to do it. I don't necessarily blame them for doing so. I don't even think it's totally wrong. But like you said, there just has to be a, a good relationship there and a happy medium between the adults making the decision while also valuing the opinion of their star quarterback. Yeah, fair enough. 
All right, let's uh, wrap up the Super Bowl like we mentioned at the top of the show with the Bucks 31 and 9 winner over the Chiefs. Tom Brady won his 7th Super Bowl, giving him more victories than any other NFL franchise. He defeated three former Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks this postseason in Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. The legacy conversation is so played out, but <laughs> This Super Bowl truly presented us with one of the most fascinating, perhaps meaningful, quote-unquote, legacy games of all time with the two quarterbacks involved. What's your take on what this game meant for Brady and Mahomes? Uh, I think for Mahomes, it's just opportunity missed, and I think he's going to get a whole bunch more. Um, And let's face it, Tom Brady's lost some Super Bowls too, right? Um, And and so it just happens. Uh, I I think that, uh, you know, while a lot of the narrative has been on, on what Tom Brady did, and understandably so, no question about that, I mean, the star of Sunday was the Buccaneers defense. I mean, that was the, the, the collective star of Sunday's game. I mean, shutting down that offense. And yes, I know it was an offense that, that um, you know, had a bit of a makeshift offensive line. And I say that even though four of the guys who started in the championship game started on the offensive line on, on Sunday, they were just happened to miss one of their key pieces. Maybe their key piece and Eric Fisher, the left tackle. And it, it looked like it might've shown a little bit. And again, those, some of that might've just been, um, Tampa just uh, was was that good on that given day up front, and that's what led the, to them to having so much success overall on defense. But at the same time, I mean, old boy did throw three touchdown passes. He did go in one year to a franchise that um, does have a Super Bowl title, but has been arguably one of the one of the um, let's say consistently weaker links in the league. And within one year, took a team that didn't have a winning record last year, had a quarterback that threw thirty interceptions last year, and um, did have some talent around him. And transform them into a Super Bowl champ, um, and uh, he deserves a, an absolute ton of credit for that. Thinks so. otherwise is just silly. I mean, I know people can can look and go, well, you know, he had Mike Evans, and he brought Gronk, and he, yeah, and I mentioned he brought Gronk. He was the one who talked them into getting Antonio Brown. He's the one that talked them into getting Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, he didn't have anything to do with the defense, but listen, the the, the in one year to do that, I. It's remarkable to me. It's completely remarkable. It's it, and it's along the lines, and I and I hate because you because then you get into that we're going to get in the comparison of sports and greatest of all times and any sport and all those silly things. But it's kind of akin to LeBron. I mean, no matter where franchise he's been, Cleveland the first time around, then Miami, Cleveland the second time around, L.A. You think there's a common denominator on why those teams win at a high level? Well, you got to have the best player in the game. That helps. Uh, yeah, Tom, right. That's the point. Tom Tom Brady. The whole across sports argument, I don't really care too much about. I think it's kind of don't silly either. to compare. I'm with you. I'm but, with you. I mean, when you are making the best team sport player in you know in history, I do think he is in the conversation. I think LeBron is. I would probably have LeBron above him. Babe Ruth, still personally. Okay, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth is an interesting Cause, one because because Babe Ruth won World Series titles with Boston as a pitcher, and then won them with the Yankees as a hitter. That'd be like Tom Brady going to uh, Dallas and saying, you know what? I know you got Dak. I'll play. Uh, I'll play left uh, left corner <laughs> and, and getting it done. OK, you do that. Then I'll, I'll put you in there with Babe Ruth. But the, uh, but complete. I know I'm being ridiculous there, but that, but uh, still that that's kind of akin to that. The more meaningful legacy conversation, I guess, for me is coming into this game. There was so much made about the Brady Mahomes matchup. And I think a lot of people have felt since Mahomes got on this run, starting with his Super Bowl last year, was that he might have a chance to chase Brady. That I think most everyone at this point believes Brady to be the best quarterback of all time. But Mahomes has more physical tools. He started this thing at such a young age. 
And everyone, I think, feels like while he had a really long way to go, he might have a chance to legitimately make a claim for best ever at some point in his career. Do you feel like losing head-to-head to Brady like this, where you can't even score a touchdown, and you're so thoroughly dominated and Brady does it while he's at the age of 43. And, and like you said, it was more about the Bucks defense, which I totally agree with. It, do you think it kind of eliminates that possibility for anyone to ever take Mahomes seriously as, uh, as, as good being as good as Brady or, or being better than Brady when no. they have that head to head comparison. And this is probably the last chance we'll get to see him do that. How's Brady's head to head with Eli Manning. <laughs> not good, but Eli Manning was never going to have the, the potential I, I to claim himself as best of all time. I, I get it. So that, that, that to me, I mean, um, I, we, we are obviously not going to know for another decade plus, but I just feel like as long as, as Pat Mahomes is standing and he's got at least competent talent around him, he's going to make multiple runs at Super Bowls. He just is. I just think he's that, that kind of a talent. And, um, you know, I go back to Brady didn't win. hasn't won every Super Bowl. In fact, Brady would have one more loss if not for a stupid Seattle Seahawks call at the goal line, right? Brady didn't do that. Seattle did it to themselves with the Malcolm Butler interception at the goal line uh, years ago. So he'd have another loss on there. And it's not a knock. I mean, hell, he's gotten there enough times that uh, you're eventually going to lose some. Um, you get there enough times, you, you know, if Mahomes goes to, let's just say he goes to 10 Super Bowls, six and four would be pretty good. Seven and three would be damn good. Eight and two would be ridiculous. Nine and one with Brady's the blip would be obscene. So yeah, I, I think we have to let it play out, but I don't think this does anything other than that. on that given day. Um, Tom Brady was that good, um, that great. And, um, and the defense just had an answer for Patrick Mahomes. Now maybe people take the blueprint of whatever Todd Bowles did and, and um, they find a way to shut Pat Mahomes down. I, I don't see it. I just think I'm taking it as a one-off of just one of those days where, they didn't block it up. He couldn't turn his magic into ma- into real magic, even though he tried a couple of times, right? I mean, he made a couple of plays where it was like, how did you even throw that to that spot under that kind of pressure? Yeah. Um, so I'm taking it as a one-off of just that given day. Tampa was better. Um, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time at this point. And I think nothing less of Patrick Mahomes, nothing less. And I think he's got a chance to still have a great legacy and will. I agree. The, I guess the thing I look at is I know how these arguments work with sure. sport fans, right? I mean, the ridiculousness of when people argue LeBron versus Jordan or something like that, and they cherry pick stats. And I just see this game being pointed to as the reason oh, that, sure. Patrick, you know, he didn't score a touchdown against Tom Brady in the one Super Bowl that they played against each other. Assuming this is the last time I know Brady isn't retiring yet, but I, I don't see these two teams probably making it back next year. Although I guess there's nothing necessarily keeping them from doing right, that. Right, but the the odds are against it. Right, as you know. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks defense is is are they underrated somehow? I know everyone's talking about them now after the win, but like I did not see them as a all time great defense. But after watching that Super Bowl, I kind of feel like they might be an all time great defense. Well, think about what they beat. They they literally beat three Hall of Famers, right? And they embarrassed Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes. Well, in and, and, and and even though Aaron Rodgers did bring Green Bay back and they had a chance to, to tie it, if not for the silly fourth down field goal call, don't forget that game. Both the safeties went out for, for Tampa. So they were playing, what, the last two and a half quarters with backup safeties? And so I think that probably made a, a, a difference. I think it's pretty safe to say it did make a difference. So, yeah, I mean, marching through, I mean, I know Pat Mahomes hasn't played long, but I think if he had one, let's say, say he has one more great year individually, 
I think he's a Hall of Famer already. I do. I mean, he's done enough for me to go, yep, dude's a Hall of Famer. If he, if, if two years, if, if he has another great year and two years from now he wrecks his shoulder and never plays again, Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers is definitively a Hall of Famer. Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. That's three Hall of Famers you just stoned. That's pretty good. And, I mean, they were dominant in the Super Bowl. Taylor Heineke? Yes, you should have stoned Taylor Heineke or Tyler Heineke or whatever Heineke's name is. Get me a Heineke. I, I, but the, the last three in the run, that's incredible. Just ridiculous. And I, I actually agree with you. I did not think Pat Mahomes was that bad in the game. I thought he made some plays, but guys dropped passes in key situations for him, including. Yeah, and, and, the, and the pressure and the, got to him. The, the offensive line was just right. a joke. I mean, they, they had zero chance to block and, that. And you could argue Andy Reid maybe should have run the ball a little bit more to slow something. I mean, there's some things probably he looks back and goes, you know what? Running game was working better than I really looked back and thought. And with as much pressure as we were getting, maybe we should have stuck with that a little bit more. And, and you do that as a coach. I don't think they had a guess. chance either way. No, I, they probably didn't. But I mean, there, there's probably some other things that could have helped them move the ball and, 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 and not get in third and longs so often that then led to the pressure really affecting them. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking this as, uh, as more of a tip of the cat to Tampa's defense and Todd Bowles than anything that's going to besmirch the legacy of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's just too much talent there. And, and I think there's two, the other part is I think he is just, I think he's also driven to win. I, I think there's that. And I think, I think this, this may even be a good thing for Patrick Mahomes of, okay, what can I do even just a little bit better? I don't even know what it would be to be quite frank, but that's the kind of kid he probably is. You can see him coming back with a little bit of a chip of a, okay, I'm going to show you. He can, show you. he can ask for more say in the, the franchise's decisions, personnel decisions going forward. <laughs> really Good make point. you love him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, love me even more. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's switch gears to our betting segment where you came away with the victory for football season in dominant wow. fashion. Cleaned up at the Super Bowl. We went 5-0 and oh in the bets that we were counting for the Pick'em. Uh, Go back I, through them because I for, I forgot some some of the props that we did. I know I got the heads over tails. I don't remember the other props we did. Yeah, the the only props that we included on there was the outcome of the outcome of the coin toss, uh, the first play of the game, which was a pass. We both got that one right. That was the only thing I got right. And then we had Brady versus Mahomes yards uh, with Brady getting thirty and a half. And uh, you had Brady, and he easily. And won the that out. the funny the funny part is the game played out in a way that should have benefited you with that, right? The fact yeah, when oh, they yeah. got the big lead to grind it out, and then Pat, you know, throwing the 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 ones where we love as a fantasy player, where you know you got that quarterback who hasn't had a good day, and he's down two touchdowns, and then you look up and he has 160 yards and two garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and you you salvage your day. And that just it, it just didn't happen for Pat Mahomes. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to claim to be a genius. I just I, I thought the Tampa defense, the way they'd been playing, was going to be enough. And I, you know, the fact they were getting, I, I actually told you, Rick. I I I, re, I think I even said on the podcast I reversed it. I, I actually took a, a two team parlay of Tampa minus three and a half and the under fifty five. I actually bought that down a point and uh, got a good return. I got six and a half to one on that on that bet coming back, which was pretty good. Well done. And then I took Tampa straight up on the money line. I was kind of all in on them. I lost all my, the props that I actually played. It's funny. I, I won the props that we just talked about and didn't play any of them and, and lost a handful of pride, played some MVP props and some, uh, some first touchdown props for, you know, $10 each and, and uh, didn't hit any of those, but did, did work out pretty good. You know, the other prop that winner that I did give on that podcast was the first weekend song uh for the halftime oh, you, show of star no, you know what, I did get it's, that right. it's so funny so um i don't know if you play espn beat the streak it's just an i, I got I the not, app and, but yeah, i'm and familiar I, with it yeah and so during the super bowl they were doing I'm like i'll play along it's something to do so that was one of the props and uh my daughter 
guessed the song. I said, all right, I think you're probably right. Um, and, 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 uh, I said, I said, now my guy that I do my podcast with Rick, Rick's been to a concert and says, that's usually the first song. And she said, she said, Oh, I didn't even know that. She goes, she goes, yeah, I bet she starts with that. So yeah. So there you go. Yep. So that's, that's all I had. So we finish up you, you end the football season at one Oh eight, one Oh four and six. And I think it's, I, I think it's big to win the big game though. Right. That's the one where everybody's paying attention to. So Absolutely. hopefully, hopefully Five people didn't fade me game. on that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully people didn't fade me on that. I was one in four uh, for the Super Bowl picks. I finish at one Oh four, one Oh eight and six overall for football season. So we will reset the slates here as we head into college basketball season, a short and condensed college basketball season here for us. Uh, but we'll, we'll hit it like mad men and, and rack some picks up here. So we'll start this Friday, 5 PM NKU is at green Bay. And again, we're using the Ken Palm lines because these lines don't come out in Vegas until the day of the games. So uh, Ken Palm has NKU as a one point favorite. The total is 143. I'm riding the NKU train at the moment. Um, I, I, you know, road or not road, it doesn't matter where they're playing anybody right now. And this is a lesser team in the league, I think. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they're six and 12 overall, maybe six and 10 in the league, something like that. Maybe six, six and, and 10 four. is right. Yeah. And maybe six and 14 overall, actually six and 10 in the league. Um, and just the way NKU's playing, it feels like they're playing with a lot of confidence, no matter where they're playing, who they're playing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Norse comfortably. I'll go NKU. Well, I wish that nut job was still there as the coach. Cause you could always count on them not defending and being a lot of points. Who, what was his name? Link, Link Darner. Darner. Yeah. yeah. He was a, he was a, coach. now they have Bo Ryan's son, Will Ryan. It's oh yeah, that means it, that means it's uh, crap, polar opposite grinded. of yeah. That's Lincoln. that's that's almost it's almost the burn burn clock fire one up at the shot. Yeah, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go under that. I'm gonna go NKU comfortably. NKU 73, Green Bay 67. So NKU in the under. All right, so I'm on NKU and the under as well. I'm gonna go NKU 68. Green Bay 65. I do think this will be actually a fairly close game. Sure. Green Bay has a couple of experienced guards that can really score, and NKU has played close games throughout the entire. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, so during, that, yeah, during the run, they've they've found a way to win some games, but uh, I still think I, you and I, I think talked uh, you know over the weekend off the air about about uh, confidence is just an incredible thing both both ways. When you can't win a game, I think you're seeing it with Kentucky. I think for Kentucky, there's a lot of things involved, but I also think it's Losing just gets contagious, man. And so does winning. And especially for a young team trying to find itself. I think NKU, it's just suddenly they 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 found ways to close games out. Um, and uh, and and I think it's contagious. The one thing here where them going on the road, I think is gonna work out really well in their favor is Green Bay just doesn't have any real front court pieces. I mean, they're they're really struggling to have legit division one guys out on the court when it comes to their front court at times. So I think Adrian Nelson with some pick and roll stuff, some offensive rebounding stuff. He could really have a, a big series here and kind of help NKU along, even if their shots aren't going down from the right. outside. So he is a rebounding machine over under for rebounds. Then for him in the two game series, 30. I'll go under 30, but if you put That's it probably at like right. 27 and a half, I don't, I'll probably take the <laughs> okay. over. Yeah. 30, 30 is a lot. There's no question. 30 yeah. is a lot. Uh, I don't know I he's going to average 15, but I think he'll average like, 13. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. He averaged, I think 12 and a half last weekend. In the two I think games, you're right. So. Yeah. I think it's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Friday, 7 PM. We've got temple at Cincinnati. The game got 
added to the schedule after UC had a game canceled on them. So. Are you sure? Can you please relook at that to make sure where we're at? I mean, it's this has been insane. You know, they're supposed to play Memphis tonight. We're doing the podcast on Thursday morning. That got wiped out. Then they're adding Temple. To, are you sure they're playing I'm, Temple tomorrow at home? As far as I know right now, as we record this podcast, okay. UC is a seven-point favorite, according to Ken Palm, total at 137. Man, Temple's bad. And, and honestly... They did have UC on the ropes, and so that looks like a big number to me. I think, again, from a confidence perspective, the fact that UC now has a couple of games under its belt, has gotten a few more practices under its belt, and playing another bad team and getting a chance to be at home to play them and um, all of those things. I, I'm going to go UC comfortably here. I'll go, I'll go Bearcats 66-55, so UC in the under. Wow, so you have them covering this big number. I do. I do. I, I just – I think Temple's terrible – uh, that was obviously that. a game of runs the first time around. I mean, listen, Temple couldn't close out a, a depleted UC team at home. Um, and and that sounds like more like Temple was lucky to, to have it where it was. Uh, and I, like I said, I think UC's got a little confidence boost, especially after that the way that John Brandon subbed out the, the starters early in the second half. And then they responded with it with a great last, you know, 12, 13 minutes of the game. Uh, and, and then look, Tulane last night goes on the road to beat Tulsa. Tulsa's not great, but Tulsa's beating UC. So, um, I, yeah, again, I, it's hard to compare scores in college basketball or any sport, as you know, but um, that tells me that maybe you see trending in the right direction against certain teams. Not good enough to beat the Houston Jet, but this team at home, yeah, I think they win by double digits. Yeah, I, you, you could be right here. I think you see it coming off the two wins and knowing that they can beat this Temple team will give them a little bit of a boost here. They might play a little bit better. I still just don't see them being able to score and shoot well enough. To well, I didn't a get team away. I, I didn't I didn't have them scored many. I got no, them but, scored 66. Yeah, but to put a team away even by the seven point margin, I'm gonna say Temple covers this game. And really what I'd like to do is find another line that I really like and and make this a teaser game. You take Temple up to plus eleven here. I feel well, really good about yeah, you that. You feel good about that. I think you probably, uh, even though I've got UC winning by 11. Yeah. I think if you had that wager, you'd probably feel good about yeah. that. So I'm going to go UC 68 temple 62. So temple and the under as well. I'm, I'm big under guy this, this Here, weekend, which is rare for me and never like playing the unders. But. Here's the thing I do wonder, and especially like teams with temple. And I know you could have argued we put UC in that group, but, but here we are kind of winding down a season. We don't know officially about conference tournaments, um, my question then is for some of these teams at the bottom of leagues, at what point do they start checking out a little bit? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a question. I think a lot of people are wondering that same thing about UC when you you're right. losing games and then you're getting things canceled. You <laughs> already had a couple guys leave your team. <laughs> when does that set in? But to John Brandon and the staff's credit, it flipped the exact opposite way. Right. And that's yeah, where I, that's where I feel good about where they're, they're, they're trending a little bit here. I would agree. All right, Saturday at noon, we've got UConn at Xavier. Xavier is a three-point favorite on Ken Palm. 135 is the total. Are we sure we're playing this game? Well, of course not, but we'll <laughs> act like we are for now. I think I asked you Sunday about the DePaul game, and you were pretty wishy-washy on it. And I, well, and I voila. said, I, said I, I talked to someone today. I know. told me all systems are a go, but yeah, I do not have any faith that that game is going to Oh, be you were right. I mean, you, were, you, were, you, you said what you said, but you were pretty wishy-washy, and by gosh, if you weren't, uh, you weren't right. Um, book night is still out, right? He was last night on yeah, Wednesday and they got, night and they got, they and they got killed by Providence and they got killed by Providence and, Hur Providence and Hurley made it sound like he wasn't close to being back. Now, maybe he was playing coy, but I tend to think not. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. With, without him, I know, you know again, Xavier's only played what one game here since January 10th and that you got to factor it in, but man, the, 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 the game against Butler, I didn't see that coming. I know Butler's not good, but I didn't see off to the layoff that coming. Maybe this team does 
does see kind of light at the end of the tunnel of, Hey, I know we're going through a ton of adversity right now. Um, but let's keep grinding. Cause we got a chance to get a really good seed. We got a chance to, and I've told you this to maybe win out. It's probably far fetched, but it's not inconceivable because you're not playing Seton hall on the road. And you're not playing the two games with Nova. So it's conceivable. And without UConn's best player, they, they, they simply have a hard time scoring. So I'm going to go, I'll go X kind of along the lines of the problem. I'll go X 74, 62. 74-62, so that's Xavier by 12, easily covering three-point, and that has you in a 136, just over. Yep, just over, okay. All right, so I'm going uh, with book night Because X, X has been able to practice. For, for the, the, the DePaul thing was a DePaul situation this time around, not a Xavier, so I think that's a that's a positive. Well, but I think, you know, I mean, there, may, there are some guys, because they have already had it, who have been working out, but I believe today on Thursday, or maybe it was Wednesday, was the first day that Xavier is actually getting back to practice. So they would have only had like one day of practice before this DePaul game. It would have been yesterday on Wednesday. So they, they're they not going to have a ton. And the win thing is a factor. I think the second half of the Butler game, we saw that. They looked like a team that had kind of hit a wall physically. And I think that will hurt you more against UConn than it did against Butler. That being said, with book night out, I don't see UConn being able to score enough. They've been struggling right. on the offensive end. Uh, I'm going to say Xavier 70, UConn 63. So, again, I'm on the under train there, and uh, XU covers. Rick, I, I know I'm going to put you on the spot with this, but I know you're connected enough. I, I know there's been talk of, of Xavier's reached out to other teams about trying to get games. I know there was a conversation of maybe West Virginia and the Big 12 has said, no, we're just going to schedule Big 12 games, et cetera. I think they'd reached out to at least one Mac school, Akron and maybe Ohio. Do you foresee any of that taking place in some of these weeks? I know this was a week they tried because they lost the DePaul game, or is it just the way the schedule is structured now with, with you know, the, the in theory, um, a normal Big E schedule to conclude that they would pretty much just stick with what they've got, barring any other cancellations? I think they're actively looking for a game. And I'll okay. be honest, you, you actually sound like you have a little more information than I do on some of uh, the games that they have. Uh, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what the status of that West Virginia situation is, to be quite right. honest with you right now. Uh, that, that may be still in the air as far as I had last heard, but th- they've looked at high major games. You know, We're talking SEC, Big Ten, Big 12. That will help and not hurt. Yes, teams that are like top 25 type teams. I don't see them rescheduling for a Mac game. I just don't think that yeah, really yeah, yeah, any yeah. sense for them, to be honest. I, I'm sure they've looked into it. I, I do not doubt that at all. But I just don't think that I don't think that they'll schedule a game like that. So you're probably you're probably right. But at, at some point, I mean, if you if you get more, let's just say you get more rolling cancellations here and you got just a huge gap in the schedule for whatever reason. I mean, is, at what point is it you're not even looking at, at, at how the numbers shake down? It's just literally we need to play a game for game's sake. Yeah, and I think that's somewhat of how they feel. Uh, the problem with that is you get into some of these other mid-major conferences. They have different protocols, and that doesn't align with the Big East protocols. Right. And all, right. I mean, there's just a lot going on here with all of that stuff. So, again, I'm skeptical that they'll be able to schedule anything, but we'll see. I know they are doing everything they can. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Saturday, 1 p.m., Auburn at Kentucky. UK is a three-point favorite, according to Ken Palm, believe it or not. 143 is the total here. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, listen, I, I'm kind of high on Auburn at the moment. Um, 
just because getting that point guard back is, is I think changed. Yeah, Sharif team. Cooper is yeah, he's, big time. He is really good. Now they did blow a lead, a, a 10 point lead with about five minutes to go against Ole Miss on Saturday. Well, and they lost but, to Georgia, which Georgia, to me is yeah. more unforgivable. Damn it. But I still think, I mean, this Kentucky team um, can't get out of its own way. I mean, listen, they played, they played pretty inspired against Arkansas and credit them for that and came back and took the lead and, Probably should have won the game, but didn't. And it, it. I go back to at what point can you keep fighting forward if you're some of these guys with one foot out the door already, right? I mean, are we there yet? Maybe not. And I guess this game will show it. But um, Auburn beat them at Auburn. Um, and I know, you know, Auburn's not great. They're hovering around 500, but I think Cooper's just so good. And they could not contain him off the bounce the last time. I'll go Auburn. Auburn 77, Kentucky 70. I, I'm with you on the fact that Look, Auburn just beat this Kentucky team 66-59 a couple weeks ago. You know, right. I mean, like that. I just, I don't, I don't see Kentucky turning around. I'm going Auburn 68, UK 66. So I'm on Auburn and the under. What, what was your final? 77-70. Auburn 77, UK 70. Correct. So you were on Auburn and the over here. UK has, UK has seemed to pick the pace up, Rick, and and haven't been as good defensively as they were. I mean, again, Agreed. granted, that was that was Tennessee, um, and it's Arkansas, two teams that like to play with pace. Um, but, yeah, but they've given up eighty both. in back to back games right. and seventy five the game before that. Right. So to Missouri, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you. The defense has not been good, especially when you've got a long athletic team with a shot blocker like Isaiah Jackson around the rim. Right. All right, let's get into it. It's time for Ask Any Anything, our favorite segment of the podcast where people submit questions for you and uh, you just answer them to the best of your ability. And best I'll start, of my ability. That's yeah, all I'll I can start, do. Start off with a good sports question. I like this one. If you could grant perfect health to a former Reds player while they were the, with the Reds, who would it be? Eric Davis, Ken Griffey Jr., Johnny Cueto, or other? Well, it's a good one. It's a good one. I'm going to say Eric Davis because he felt like he was in the prime. Junior was just getting past the prime a hair. But really uh, only and I, and I, and I, and I, and, Yeah, and I still would have liked to have seen how that would have turned out barring the injuries. I mean, would he have still been a consistent 40 home run guy? Maybe. Um, Eric was just getting into his prime, and it just felt like every year he got derailed. Kenny had a couple of years where he at least played you know, the majority of the games. Uh, that is a great question. Johnny Cueto. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the, the question's legit. I mean, honestly, I would have thrown Jose Rio into that mix, to be honest with you. That's a good one. Um, cause I would have loved to have seen how he would have, would have turned out, especially coming off that world series. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going Eric Davis and maybe it's just cause he was still electric with, with, uh, with his, his legs and Ken wasn't. Um, at that point, he was just kind of a well. He was, Griffey he was, was thirty when he got traded to the Reds, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he, a lot of a lot of mileage on, on playing in that silly ass kingdom with as hard as that turf was for eleven plus years. It had well, obviously it took its toll. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. I'll go Derek Davis, but uh, you know maybe you could argue Junior stays healthy and and in that ballpark with with full health. Maybe he makes a run at 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 seven hundred homers. Maybe you know he maybe he doesn't get to where Bonds got to, but uh, maybe he's in that category of seven hundred. Yeah, to me, it's no doubt Junior. It's one of these two guys. But it, to for me, I would have loved to have just gotten the chance to see 
maybe the best to ever do it, or at least the best center fielder to ever do it at his peak. You know, it would have been nice to get three or four years of junior being junior. He was just never really quite peak junior with the Reds. And to me, I, I attribute all that to the injury. Now, he, he was going to be on the downslope of his career at some point, but it didn't have to be right away. He was still really damn good right before he came to the Reds. So that's Rick, just I, I, would, I would tell you, the, the two, honestly, two of the best best individual plays I've ever seen came on back-to-back nights. It was right before I got married and I had a couple guys in from out of town who were in my wedding party. And and so it was, uh, we, we went to a Reds game and then to some bars a couple nights before my wedding on back-to-back nights, they played the Cardinals and on back-to-back nights, Eric Davis at the wall literally reached over the wall to rob guys of home runs. You can see it once, but to see it on back-to-back nights, especially in person. I mean, that cat was just electric. He really was. Oh, I know. I love hearing the Eric Davis stories and seeing his highlights because he was he was an explosive baseball player. Like his athleticism stood out on the baseball field, which you don't see a lot of guys like that. Yeah, no, no question. I, he was he was so much fun to watch when he was fully healthy. All right. What, what else we got here? Uh, we A lot of food questions coming in these days. We got to rank the following food categories. OK, American, Italian, Mexican. Asian, Mediterranean, and Indian. I have questions first. Is American just considered burgers? Is that what American is? <laughs> burgers and steak and potatoes, I would assume, right? Okay, okay. You know, a little a little, pork. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, kind of the normal standard fare that I'm, mom would make I'm, back I'm in the day. I'm good on the next three. What is Mediterranean? Um, I, I'm assuming is that is that like Greek salad stuff? Is that Greekish? Like yeah. some lamb kebabs and yogurt? Uh, yeah, I'm seeing like pitas and things like I that. I like pitas, but yeah, I'm yeah. not big on lamb kebabs. And if, if that, if Euro is considered Mediterranean, I'm all in on euros. I like euros. I'm with yeah. you. I'm, I'm all in on that. And then uh, okay, uh, Indian I, I, I'm familiar with, but I don't eat it. I don't really. eat. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I, I don't eat it like food one either. Time. Yeah, I'm familiar with it too. I don't eat it. I'm going to rank for sure. Mexican number one. Same. Um, I love, I could eat Mexican food five days a week. It's probably Same. not good for you. And I don't, but I, but I, but I, I mean, honestly, here, here's me last night for dinner. This is no lie. So what day did we, we, we had Cadoba one day last week, right? It was just, um, I had a game. My wife was out running errands. And so she brought it home and said, Hey, got two steak tacos for you here. Well, somehow they gave her like a mound of chips that literally do. We still have almost a Ziploc bag full of <laughs> a gallon size bag of chips left. And we ate some Super Bowl Sunday. So last night for dinner, it's kind of a leftover night. So I chopped up some chicken, spread out the chips on a, on a, on a, on a thing, put, put cheese on it, put like it in, put the going. sauce on top. That was dinner. I like where that's going. Little, little chicken little nachos. nachos for dinner. Yeah. yeah. Little chicken nachos for dinner. Was, move. It, it hit the spot. I went out and shoveled snow came in. It was the perfect, uh, perfect hit the spot moment. So um, even, even on the fly, I, I can do Mexican. So Mexican will be number one. I'm a big meat potatoes guy. I guess I go American cuisine too with Italian close behind. And I love Asian. I don't cook it though. And the only other person in the house that likes it's my youngest daughter. My oldest didn't like it. My wife doesn't like it. So occasionally when she and I are just hanging out or we just tell my wife we're, we're having we're having Asian tonight. You can have frishes. And um, well, that, that happened a couple of times when oh. she was home over break that we just kind of put our foot down and said, no, we're going up to, to this place. And frishes is right by. We'll get you something from there. Do, do you um, say, do you say we're going to have Asian tonight or do you say we're going to get Chinese? Chinese. We okay. say Chinese. It is funny. You say that. You know, it is funny. No, it is funny. You say that. Uh, um, I don't know why it's always Chinese, but yes, it, it's funny. You say that. So yes, 
Um, but that that's those three are real close to me. American, Italian, and Chinese are really close. Our Asian are really close together. So I, I Mexican is number one easily for me too. I've got Asian number two because you've got Chinese, which I love. That that's a close second to Mexican for me. And hibachi is included in there too. Oh, good call. I, I, hibachi. I don't do hibachi much, but I, I every about probably every two or three years. Oh, we'll we're big hibachi, on the yeah. hibachi. We do that like okay. every two or three months. Uh, so yeah, we I do that, and then I'm gonna say Italian before American, probably here. Okay. And then I would go American, Mediterranean, Indian. Yeah, I guess Italian, because if you're going to factor pizza into the equation, pizza is literally at least a once a day week meal. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's so simple. It's a pizza and a salad and you can't go wrong. It's really not hard. Yeah, there's a lot of good genres in Italian. A lot of good. No, things there are. I mean, I, yeah, too, so. I, I, I'm, as I said, all three of those are pretty close to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you could do any food eating competition, what would the food be and how much of it do you think you could eat? I feel like we've had this question come up like once every year that we've done this podcast. I, like I will I will kid you. This is no, I, I guarantee you back in the day when I was certainly much more active and you could argue this is probably back in, in college years. There, there was a steakhouse in Lexington that offered like a 60 ounce steak with then you had to eat the fixings with it. Yeah, I have no doubt, not even an ounce of doubt in my mind. I would have polished that off and, and burped and asked for more. <laughs> no doubt there's no doubt in my mind 60 ounce steak huh uh-huh what kind of steak was it just like it was a like a porterhouse i believe i think a porterhouse oh, okay. bone in all right uh so so that's that's what you would do a steak yeah i i tried this once on the radio and this is no knock have you ever eaten just skyline chili hot dogs by themselves with no chili or anything else on it do they have a bun with it too yeah, yeah it had a bun you know honestly they're not all that great because they have a little bit of a spicy texture to it that kind of gets to you a little bit after a while so i swore that i could eat at least 10 of those on the air one day and came up wo- woefully short of that oh i could um, do that i could do that I, try it just it's just the hot dog i don't want bun. to and but I, I could do that and i'm, and I'm not besmirching skylines we've had this conversation you and i both love it and my go-to meal is three cheese conies with onion and mustard but it's like all the other stuff piled on top of the dog kind of cover up that spike. Listen, you'll get about four or five deep. And then you're like, ah, man, this just doesn't, this isn't, this doesn't, and they're smaller. Don't, I mean, that's the thing. They're smaller. So you think, oh, this will be easy. I thought it was, they brought them in. Somebody from Skyline actually brought them out. Like, ah, this would be easy. I, I couldn't do it. I could eat 10, 10 hot dogs with nothing on them. I'm pretty sure I can do 10 conies. Pretty sure. I, could, I will say again, back in the day, I was at least a six coney guy, at least. Yeah, I mean, I mean, three is my normal order, but I could definitely now. double that if I'm going to push it. And if I'm like going competitive eating style, I think I could get 10. Okay. I'd, eight for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, the 10 hot dog thing I could do. I don't think that would be my competitive eating thing, though. It would definitely be one of two things. Well, I could do I'm not so sure I couldn't do and I wouldn't try this, mind you. I'm not sure I couldn't do a full carton of of a full whatever gallon or whatever it is of ice cream in one sitting. Mm, I couldn't do that. I, I I do like a scoop at a time. I'll eat like one scoop of ice cream a night. And when I mean scoop, I mean like spoonful. Like I'll take one spoonful out of the carton. I'm kind of in the back. Jeff Brantley camp of get me the big boy cup and, and let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's I'm I, I'm not mad at you for that. I I just not not a sweet eater in that way. But uh, I I would do two things. One would be wings, but that my concern there would be so many other people already do that as a competitive thing right. that there's too many that people too. that are good at it. So I wouldn't win that. I think pizza rolls. I would dominate. A you pizza know, it's, roll eating contest. It, it, it's a that's a great that's a great genre. Um, 
I usually, whatever the, the, I usually do about 18 at a time. If I have it as a meal, like a lunch or a dinner, I'm not a big, I'm, sorry, I'm not a big snack guy. So I don't even have pizza rolls as a snack. Usually it's either going to be for some kind of meal. It feels like 18 is just about right. I get to about 15 and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want any more, but then you kind of, you take a, a swig of what you're drinking. Like ah, I can finish these last three off for sure. Um, you know, 10 or 12 or too few, anything more than that. I just don't think I could do it. And I like pizza. I'm a big pizza roll guy. Pizza and bagel bites. It's usually just the whole, that one tray full is plenty. That's about, that's about right of the, of bagel bites. Yeah. Although I'll tell you what, I could house some bagel bites too. And I feel like not as many people could eat a lot of those. So that that's where I would go. If I'm trying to win would be the bagel bites or bagel bites. Do you bake, do you bake them or microwave them? Or do you change it up? Uh, excuse me, sir. It's 2021. I have an air fryer. That's what I do. Well, I got an air fryer too. I don't know how to use it. My my child does it. Trust me. If you're going to eat crappy processed food from the freezer, learn to use your air fryer. Yeah. She, she's tried to show me. I'm so fix your life. I'm a, I'm a buffoon with that stuff. I, it's sitting right in the middle of our kitchen. Maybe I'll try that for lunch today. Do it. I, I highly recommend it. All right, let's keep ripping through these. Uh, best sporting, in honor of Valentine's Day, best sporting event to take a date to. Um, Come on. Hmm, to me, this is easy. Baseball. I was going to say horse racing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to Keeneland, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to Keeneland. Exactly. That's a great call. Yeah, Keeneland. Yeah, Keeneland okay. on, a nice, on a nice sunny day. Absolutely. Okay, I actually love that call. That is a, a really good call. I would go baseball just because you got the great weather. You're outside. You have a drink. Ease tons of time to just sit there and talk. Yeah, that, yeah there's no question about you that. Football, you're attention. too into it, and there's too many buffoons and crazy people around you. Basketball, is no chance. Everything. Too fast. Yeah. Right, correct. Baseball, you're right. You miss a pitch. You miss a ground out to third. You it's look up loud. and see the but it's Yeah, correct. Good, that, that, yeah. That, that's a legit point. But for me, I'm going Keeneland, man. Okay. I, I, I'm actually kind of with you on the – Keeneland call at first I thought you were an idiot for the horse racing take you degenerate but then when I thought about Keeneland I was like actually he's brilliant okay Keeneland, Keeneland honestly is so it really is my I mean I've literally You're got a romantic. routine of 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 going to watch I, I'm, I'm a sap with going to watch the horses get saddled get going to watch them walk around the ring um by that time it's about time to go place your bet you watch the race you maybe go get a, a cocktail after you know a couple of races and then you go do the same thing again and it's it's just a nice leisurely day of, of not feeling rushed and plenty of time to stand there. And not while, while the horses are getting saddled, there's really nothing to do. I mean, you can look at the form, which is, is fine, but there's also plenty of time for conversation there too. I'm with you. We love it. We've talked about it multiple times. That's one of the first things we want to do when the world gets back to normal is go to Keeneland. No question. So Keeneland in October is what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm striving for at this point in my life. All right. Well, we'll make a trip out of it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you can't get this it is, out. This is one of these questions where it, the way it's phrased, I don't like the way it's phrased. It, it's like it's making you try to sound like uh, a nasty person or you're in the wrong for doing what everyone does. But I'll ask it anyway. Do you actively wash your feet in the shower or let the runoff soapy water do the work? Let the runoff soapy water do of, the work. You of be course, kidding. but that's not like a. it's making you sound like you're nasty for that. The way the question is phrased, but that's how no, everyone uh, does it. No, I mean. Uh, about the only time I will do it is honestly is if somehow I was outside doing yard work, somehow like maybe digging um, a hole of some kind for some reason or digging in the mud and realizing that I, you know, you, you know, you got your, your footies and your tennis shoes or your work. Yeah, or shoes if you on, played whatever. softball and you got, or playing softball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. No, I, I've done that before. We all, you played softball. You got dirt all over. You're going to scrub a little bit. Correct. Like, 
Correct. Come on, the normal person doing a daily shower, your your feet are underwater the whole time. So no, like, what else it, are you going to do other than make sure you're getting between your toes? Like here's as long the, here's as that's the other soaped up, you're good. Here's the other part to it. For, for like nobody way. uses bar soap anymore, so you use body wash, and um, you know the body wash occasionally. You're not getting it all over the washcloth or the scrubber or whatever you're using. Some of it's going to go to the bottom of the tub, and it does to me all the time. So all I do is take the left foot and rub it, the right foot to rub it. I don't do it to clean my feet. It's just like. Just want to wash it down, but there it goes. Feet clean. We got we got one of those uh, mats, like the non-slip mats, but it's a loofah mat, so you Ooh. can actually kind of scrub your feet on it. Feels pretty, nice. Pretty good call. Uh, yeah, but I th- see. I just the the internet loves doing this. They phrase a question like this where it's a very common thing that everyone does, but they make it sound like you're disgusting for doing it. There and is no question your feet get plenty clean during a normal shower. Yes, if you're kicked you with mud even... from a softball game or digging a hole, then absolutely, you're going to take a little extra time to go, oh, there's a little dirt there and there's a little dirt there. Let me get the dirt off. But other than that, your feet doing, are going to come out plenty clean. Plenty doing clean. anything else, if you soap it up, wash them off, then stick them back in that soapy water runoff, they're back in the same place they already were. Like, it's yeah. not like you're getting not them hard. any... It's just a... Silly. Uh, Silly. Yeah, okay. I'm assuming the person is is on the latter side of that. I'm assuming they let the soap run off soapy water do I the work. So. I'm just saying I'm not accusing them. I'm just saying this is a strictly internet question that I'm not a fan of the way it's worded. <laughs> All right, good comeback or not? This is okay. So let me set this up. The, we've got the Xavier the crosstown tip off going on. Xavier versus yep. UC Musketeer awesome. Report fans versus Bearcat Journal fans. We're tipping to Dana Gardens. They're tipping to Mio's Pizza and Holy Grail Banks. And for the record, for I think it's awesome. It, it's going great. People have raised a ton of yep. money. Last check was over like seventeen or eighteen thousand dollars at this point. So Dana Guard, BJ from Dana Gardens wants to know: good comeback or not? What are your thoughts, Skinny, when a UC fan claps back at Xavier fans with "How's your football team?" Yeah, that's a, that's that, 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 that's an oldie but not a goodie any longer. I mean, you know that that, that that's a little much. I, I think the the comeback is scoreboard. I mean, right. Especially if it's a year you come off a win, just scoreboard them. Well, yeah, unfortunately for them, that hasn't worked out very well in well, recent memory. That's, I mean, that's that's what you do when you're not winning the actual contest at hand, is you talk about something that you can't actually compete in, right? It was like what we would do back in high school when you're getting beat on the basketball court. You start talking, let's play football. That was a thing that all the high school students did. Is like, let's talk about something else because you're beating us right now. That's kind of what this is here. So I would agree, it's not a very good comeback. Um, also, I think for many Cause, years, cause it's, it's been the it's, thing it's, that's it's, held UC's uh, athletics program and their basketball program back more than anything is having a football program. Now it, that they're really apples good, to apples. yeah. Now that it looks, now that they're really good in football, it looks a little bit better for them. But for a lot of their athletics history, the the football program has been an albatross that Xavier fans would never ever want in a million years. Yeah, no, I I, I think I think in a year if, if Xavier comes off of a win in basketball it would be it would be scoreboard. Um, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what another good comeback would be, Rick. I'm not sure I've got one. I I, I do think the 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 football one for UC fans is a is a lazy narrative. Yeah, not not ideal because it's All not right. apples to apples. And and I will say, uh, the the one thing they've got now is the football program is going well. But in some years they wouldn't have said that whatsoever. There'd have been some years where you, you're 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 not going to bring football up on on your team either. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. Uh, why is it funny as hell to watch a kid wipe out on a bike, ice in general? But when my dog slipped on the ice, I felt awful for his wounded pride and rushed to make sure he was okay. This is not from me. This is from uh, a guy on Twitter. 
Well, I think a couple of things there. I think there's there's in play is it is your dog. So there is some emotional attachment there. Some random kid. You, I don't think you want him to get hurt. But, you know, if he wipes out and gets himself up, dusts himself off, it's like a hey, goofy kid. Um, so, yeah, I think the emotional attachment of the dog. I mean, if my if my kid wiped out on a bike and I can remember when my youngest was trying to ride one and she struggled with it, and you know, and would wipe out. I mean, like, oh, gosh, and go. Yeah, I think there's an, the emotional attachment to the dog, right? Of course. I mean, it's yeah, it's very simple. Everyone likes dogs more than people. Dude, here is my emotional attachment to my dog. This is no lie. My dog right now, she, for whatever reason, occasionally you just get a bad batch of food. I'm not going to call the place out, but she just, she, she hadn't, she ate a couple of like, we got a new bag and she didn't feel good after she ate the first couple. And we thought, okay, maybe something else she ate. So we took her off of it for a little bit. Um, usually when that happens and they have a bad belly, we give them a little chicken and rice and that after a couple of days. So we put her back on it. Well, guess what? Here she is again. I woke up the last two mornings at one, three, five, and seven to take her outside when she barked at me. One, three, think about, think about the quality of sleep thereof. My friend ain't not, real good. Not good. Not good. Uh, yeah, that's honestly something I can't really picture you doing for well, Anyone, I'm not going to lie. The five o'clock in the morning when I think I'd actually finally hit that really good REM spot where you are in deep sleep. And I heard her. She, we have a gate up because um, we have an older dog that we don't want wander in the house. So there's a gate in the bedroom up and she got to the gate to her credit and all of a sudden let out a oof. And I went, I, all I did was I go, you've got to be blank and kidding me. And she doesn't like me to curse. It's funny. Her tail will literally go down the second I curse at something. <laughs> and so when I got up, she kind of looked at me like, I'm sorry, man, but I got to go. I'm like, come on, little dude, let's go. It, 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 you know, just is what it is. All right, let's wrap this up with a question from our guy, Mo Egger, who oh, yeah. is just out of control with these questions. Uh, this is a 12-parter. All right, I, I, you're going to have to write this down for me. Well, th- there's going to be no writing this down. We're supposed, okay. Oh, to okay. Rank, oh, okay. we're supposed to rank something. I'll be honest. It's going to be impossible to keep all these things straight, but you will laugh at some of them. So here okay. we go. All right. Yes. Mo wants us to rank the following 12 people from least insufferable to most insufferable. Okay. Okay. Least it starts insufferable with, to most. Okay. The person who looks outside at heaping piles of snow that is sure to cause havoc on the roads and says, it's so pretty out. Oh, I hate that person. That that person. That, that I heard a couple of those on the newscast. It's beautiful. No, no, it's not. It's just not. I'm sorry. It's not. It may look beautiful for a second until you realize, oh, my God, I got to traverse this crap. And most importantly, shovel it. Shovel it. Dude, I've sho- I feel like I've spent the last three days doing nothing but shoveling snow. I'm absolutely ripped from shoveling. Oh, my God. I was I came in last night and I, I, I was doing it as it was snowing because I'm like, I'm not in case they mess this up again and we get nine inches. I ain't trying to do my neighbor. God love him. Very nice man. Dan Recton. I want to give a shout out to him. He offered a snowblower to me um, after the first snow. And the problem was and he was right. He said, listen, he goes um, and I didn't get a chance to get to it till about one o'clock the day after the snow fell. And I had to get it done because I had a basketball game that actually was on that day. So I had to get out of my driveway, all those things. And I tried it, and, the, and it, at that point, it was starting to get too wet. So I ended up having to shovel, and my driveway is huge. I had to shovel 10 inches of snow. It took me two and a half hours, and I didn't get all of it done. I got enough to get the, all the upper part of the driveway done and apart for my car to get out and all those things. So yeah, yesterday, when it started falling about 5 o'clock, I'm like, 
I know it's still coming down, but I got to get a chunk of this off there. I'm not going through another in case they mess this up. So yeah, anybody that that person's the most inside. There may there, there can't be anybody that beats that person. There can't okay, be. Well, I'll just wait. We've wait. got okay. eleven more okay. to get through here. All right. Well, they're right now they're number. Uh, so we're going least the most. Right now they're the most. They're, they're yeah. the top of the most list. All right. The guy who at the mere mention of the NBA says that he doesn't watch quote because they don't play any defense. Hate that yeah. guy. Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't watch as much as I would like, as I probably should um, and used to, because it feels like it has turned into a horse game. Um, but um, I'll, I'll put that person middle of that person goes seventh on the list. Here's what point. I always love. I don't watch because they don't play. How do you know if you don't watch, how do you know they don't play? Well, there's defense? That, that, that doesn't that's make a fair, any sense. And that, and that is a fair point. That's a good, that's a good comeback. That's a good call. The person who runs into someone sitting by themselves somewhere and remarks, quote, I see you're sitting with all of your friends. I hate that guy. I saw that guy at uh, Wings and Rings a couple weeks ago. Walked up someone that he recognized was like, hey, you sit with all your friends, man. And the guy was clearly like, uh, yeah, people are coming. Like, yeah, chill out. Now. Or yeah. you know what? It may just be a point where I don't even want company. Get away from me. I want to be alone here. I want to eat my taco, have a drink, look at my phone and be done with it. Leave yeah, me alone. Goodbye. It's, it's like the worst type of dad joke because there's nothing you yes. can say back to it that doesn't feel kind of awkward now. It's just starting conversation off awkwardly. Yeah, that, that, that that's kind of a that's kind of honestly a douche move, to be quite frank. Yeah, really I know is. that. I know. I know. You're, I know the guy. He, oh, yeah. He goes in between NBA NBA defensive guy and and the first person on the list, the snow person. So that, that's a, that's close to the top of the man. He's got a lot of people who are pretty insufferable at this point. The football fan who, after a particularly egregious roughing the passer call, yells, "Quote, just put him in skirts." Yeah, that guy's not that insufferable to me. I mean, because <laughs> that guy's you. Nah, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll put him at number. He's 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 pretty low on the on the on the list. I'm, I'm with you. That guy doesn't bother me too much. I mean, it's a dumb comment kind of, but it doesn't really bother me that much. But, but we, there are plenty where we see a roughing the pass where you're like, come on, come that's on. roughing the pass. Right, exactly. So it's like kind of the same thing. It's just exactly. Yes. Just a different way to say it. The guy who, as a summer rain starts to fall announces that quote, my grass could use it. Um, I'm kind of that guy. <laughs> I'm kind of that guy. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a very much your age range guy move. Yeah. My, yeah. I'm a kind of my grass could use it guy. I, I, um, was it after you turn like 45 ish, you just start talking about what, what, what your grass could use more often? Yeah. I, and it's because I, I, I wish I was more consistent at when, when you're going through those periods of the summer and it ha- that's the thing and rain in three weeks. Well, it's the summer and there's a lot of times it doesn't rain for three weeks. So deal with that part of it. Um, but I, I wish I was the person that was had the enough gumption to wake up in the morning and walk out and turn my sprinkler on every day during that. And then I wouldn't worry about needing a rainstorm to come. I'm the guy though, that goes two days and goes, damn it. I forgot to water the lawn today. So day three, you're thinking, man, it's getting crispy. And so, yes, then I become the, when it's raining, yeah, I, I my lawn could use it guy. I'm, I'm that guy. So he's least he's, he now takes the lead of the least insufferable. Cause I'm that guy. Okay. Uh, and this one, and that, you gotta admit, that's, that's a pretty harmless quote, right? Yeah, that, that's definitely one of the least insufferable guys yes, on this yeah. list. Uh, the golfer who bangs home a rare putt for par and declares to the other members of his foursome that he's ready for his tour card. That's a pretty insufferable guy. I'm I'm usually the that 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 guy that if I do that, I'm thinking, man, I could have used that after coming off three straight doubles. That's that that's more me. I'm not. I never feel like I'm ready for my tour card banging in a banging in any shot. I feel like, oh hey, thank goodness I made a good shot for a change. I'm I'm laughing at this next one because I just did this last weekend. I think the guy who, when the server comes to remove his empty plate, says, "I didn't like it. 
I, I did a version of this where the lady says, was it good? And I was like, clearly not because my plate was licked clean. Um, that or that or leave two bites and go, uh, yeah, this was undercooked. Yeah. Yeah, most unfortunate. I don't. I don't do that. I, I, I don't. I don't mess. With, look, I, I. I did. I did some serving in my day back in back in my youth, and so I usually don't. Um, I, I. I'm pretty straight up with them. You know, just come as long as you take my order in a timely fashion, bring my stuff in a timely fashion. I'm not one that the cook messes it up, and I always send it back. If it's completely egregious, then yes. Oh, I'm on but the if, other side. But if they're missing a tomato on my burger and I ask for tomato, I can live. I may say, hey, if you get a chance, can you bring me a tomato? I'm supposed to have, I, I'm, I can live with it. I, I'm not that fussy about it. Here's why I'm insufferable, because in, when that happens, I won't say anything. I, I will go the opposite route. Like it could be the worst service, like the worst, whatever. I just don't want any conflict with the place. I don't want to talk to them about it, but I will bitch to the people I'm with that it wasn't good. And that's probably the worst move you could make. So I'm, or you reflect, or you reflect it in your tip. Well, yeah, I mean, they're not getting a great tip of that, but, but I, I, yeah, I've never sent anything back or complained about service to me. That is like, I just can't, I hate, that moment of like when someone is complaining to a manager. Yeah, the, the only one I've occasionally is, is when you've been seated and it's been 10 or 15 minutes and it's occasionally, sometimes it's literally somebody will go, that's not my table. Susie's in the back. Let me go get her. That's like, all right. Yeah. Susie probably shouldn't be in the back or somebody goes, Oh wow. You know what? Um, sometimes it's just a mess up and, and yeah. somebody just needs to be aware of as long as you're not a jerk yeah. about it. Of, Tell hey, Susie to come off her bong rip and come take yeah, our correct. Yes. Before. Correct. Correct. Because I right. need my beer, damn it. The man who, when his team's pitcher can't successfully lay down a bunt, claims that, quote, I can at least lay down a bunt. I was going to say, I can at least lay down a bunt. <laughs> you you have said that on this podcast. I have. I can at least lay down a yeah. bunt. So, so you I'm don't think this that... guy is insufferable at all? No, I no, I do not. I do not. <laughs> Bunting is not very difficult. The person who cannot take the opening sip of a cup of coffee without loudly smacking their lips and letting loose aloud. <sighs> I think I did that this morning. I think I took a slurp one. I think I, I don't even think it's intentional. I really do. It's funny. Yeah, that's a great. Clearly, that's a, that's a great one. But I don't think people do that intentionally. I he don't says think. you cannot take the opening sip. So like clearly you can't help it. I get it. I don't think you can. I mean, I don't drink coffee, so I, don't I know, know you don't. But but for those that do, and I'm a coffee drinker, it's just that first satisfying sip really is extraordinarily satisfying. And I don't think I swear to God, Rick, because right before we do the podcast, I was I I said, give me a second. I got to get a refill for my coffee. I had had my first sip about 15 minutes prior and i think i did when i took the sip it was it was it was very i, I don't even i don't it's one of those you don't even think about doing so that person's like in the least insufferable because there's a lot okay we, we've kind of got this We're getting some i like it decent most guys balance this out yeah most balance yeah. this out a little bit yeah i think he like picked a bunch of things that he knew were just you yeah. uh the insecure, yeah maybe the insecure single guy who reminds his about to be married friend that quote man your life is about to be over that person is pretty insufferable, <laughs> but not inaccurate. <laughs> uh, there's a big difference. The guy who follows women, TV, news, and sports personalities on social media solely so that he can comment on how attractive they are when they post photos of themselves doing their job. This is the weirdest to me. Well, it's funny because because obviously um, I follow most of, of the people that work at, at our, our facility at, at Channel 12. And occasionally, as you know, you'll get notifications that somebody's posted a new photo and there so was a guy asking sheila gray to post photos of her feet this morning oh, and that's what i was getting uh, not not that one specific i did not see that one but there there are you know and and listen they're posting photos because they want the attention and i get it it's part of the business part of your brand but man sometimes i'll go in there and you'll get the you're looking exceptionally lovely today great legs 
And I'm like, you're actually putting your name to that? So I mean, weird. Oh my goodness. And, and, then, and then and then like Creepy in their profile Steve. picture on Facebook, they've got their wife and their three-year-old right. in the f- profile picture. It's like, what is wrong with you? And also the other one I get like Well, and I, and I honestly I really do think there's the handful out there and God love them, probably some some fairly lonely folk who honestly think that 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 whatever that comment is, they're going to look in the Sheila Grays or the Liz bonuses or the whomever else's um the Clancy Burks are gonna go. Oh, Fred said, I look hot. Maybe I'll call Fred up or maybe I'll DM him back. No, they're not. They're hoping that you go away. Yeah, I don't really understand what the thought there is of like what you're going to get in return. I can't imagine most of those guys actually think like, oh, this Ooh. is my this is the start of our relationship here is Ooh. me leaving this I, comment. Uh, I don't know. 58 mm. year old Fred with his wife and his daughter and his profile picture, I would hope is not thinking that. I think they believe that that's a compliment. That like yeah, so it's that, a compliment that, to just like that, be creepy. That's the most insufferable at the moment. We're going. I think that, that that's actually top the list of what was the first one again? Because that one that one was going to be hard to beat. The person who looks outside at heaping piles of snow that is sure yeah, to call havoc on the roads and says it's so pretty out. Yeah, this person's gone gone above that. This person's the loser winner. However you want to phrase right. it, the snow person comes in second worst. We've got one more from Mo. Oh, I see okay, a bunch okay. of people have sent them in, but there's one more from Mo here. The guy who's drinking with his buddies who slams back the remaining third of his beer and unprovoked announces that quote. These are going down easy. <laughs> Mo says, full disclosure, I've very often been this guy. I've been this say, guy, we, too. We've all done this. Come on, Mo. That's not you, an well, and, guy. And, and it's usually the caveat is these are going down too easy. Too easy. You know yeah. where that's going to lead by that's, the end of the night. That's the thing. That's that's not – you say this not because you chugged a third of your remaining beer, but because it was the end of your fourth beer and you'd only been there for 30 minutes. Dude, I think the last time you and I were together actually in a bar setting, we were watching an NKU game, maybe even a Horizon League uh, game, and I think I bought a couple of buckets for us, of a couple of pitchers, whatever it was. Well, geez. And I can remember looking up on one pitcher and I went, damn, that one went down way too fast, way too easy. Holy Toledo. And usually at that point, I'm terrible at pacing myself. I wish I was better at pacing myself. I'm terrible. You want to know what that situation was there, Chief? That was NKU beating Wright State wire right. to wire by That's a right. bazillion in That's the right. conference tournament. Yeah, we were down at Dickman's. Finals, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Yeah, I, I felt pretty good that night. Yes, I, no, I I, I'm sure you did because we just kept flowing. And that's the word. And usually during sporting events, too, it just it goes down because you're not even thinking about it. You're like, wham, you're watching, wham, oh, I need a refill. Wham, you're watching, wham, oh, I need a refill. And that's where you do go. Well, these are going down too easy, especially when you're averaging two points of possession for the first 20 minutes of action. You're re- they're really going down exactly. easy at that point. Exactly. Yeah, that person's not very insufferable to me. That person is, I think, all of us that. No, I'm going to say that guy's the least insufferable yes. on the okay, list. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the coffee drinker is the second least insufferable. Yeah, I'm going like to say the summer rain guy who needs his grass needs it is the third least insufferable because those are pretty much Because here's the thing. He's not saying that if you've had rain one day and then maybe a day of sunshine and rain the next. You're long to, it's, the, it's the two or three week drought where you're like, damn, we need some rain, man. I'm going to say the guy who, when the surfer comes to remove his empty plate, says I didn't like it is fourth least insufferable. Yeah, it's just a silly comment. But yeah, it's not very insufferable. You know, I usually you get the, the, the uncomfortable chuckle from the server and probably as they walk away going, what a jackass. Yeah, and I think the the worst is the creepy guy in the comments. No question. No um, question. And I, honestly, I really, I really just like NBA guy that d- doesn't watch because they don't more, play any more defense. than more than snow is beautiful person. Ah, uh, yeah, I got bad news that I don't want to really admit on here. You're that guy, and not that guy, but I, I kind of like snow. Like I, I hate it. I hate everything about winter. I hate winter. I hate everything about it. There's not. I get it. Other than uh, it's basketball season, I hate everything about winter. Look, I was cussing things out yesterday while I was shuffling too. So I, I get the downsides. I'm just, but I don't 
dislike snow. I'm not telling other people like, oh, it's beautiful when they're about to drive home, but and you, you, and, I, I don't bet you and about that to, much. To conclude this podcast, I will give you that I'm the most insufferable person. And here's why. Guess what I said out loud to myself two weeks ago? Man, pretty awesome. I haven't had to shovel snow in a few years. Yeah. Said it out loud. Said it out loud. You're insufferable. Uh, one more. Dan Horde chiming in on Twitter says, the person in front of you in a long, fast food line who has no idea what to order when it says turn. How does that happen? How I, it, does that happen? That That's a great one. That is a great How on one. How God's green earth can you be at Taco Bell or Wendy's and you take more than 30 seconds to Correct. tell them what you want when they only have four things that you're going to order? For? Like, that, that, you that know is, exactly what you're getting. And they give you combo meal options with big numbers. Every time. I'll take the number one with a Mountain Dew. Okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's a great one. I love that. Yeah. One. Thank you, Dan. I Thanks, agree. Dan. Awesome stuff. All right, Rick, uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in. It's my favorite segment by far. I love Mo questions. For Rick Roaring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the weekly Pope Edition.